0: Art of the pivot is brought to you by signavio
1: hello there and welcome to another edition of art of the pivot we're joined by william niles or as he's better known niles the chief executive officer of brinks home security one of the nation's largest smart home security and alarm monitoring companies now as chief executive officer niles is responsible for the organization's growth and performance he has deep domain expertise in the security and connected home space. He's currently leading the company through an industry shaping transformation. And prior to his role as CEO of Brinks Home, Niles was the company's general counsel and transformation officer. And prior to Brinks Home, Niles served as CEO for Ascent Capital. Niles, welcome. Where do we find you today? Joining you from Dallas, beautiful Dallas. Pleasure. Very nice. I'm sure it's warming up nicely over there at this time of the year. So I just want to get one thing clarified. Spring has sprung, or whatever the correct English is. I want to clarify something as we start. Brinks Home is not Brinks Incorporated. I think some people get that mixed up. Could you just set the record straight? What is the difference? Brinks Incorporated is the
0: armored truck company, and they operate, coincidentally, out of Dallas as well. Uh, we operate under a license from Brinks under the Brinks Home brand. Um, the nice synergy between the two in terms of providing security to uh, to people and the things that they, uh, they they need to protect.
1: Well, it's true because when you think of just Brinks, the name it always it conjures up this this image, this impression of security, of strength. That's something that I guess is of great value to to your brand. It is, it's a, it's a terrific asset of the
0: brand. When people think of Brinks, they do think of the armored cars, they think of strength, they think of security, they think of protection. And um, we're employing that in our brand strategy and bringing that to our, our home customers. That's uh, That's an important part of our brand transformation.
1: Very good. All right. Well, talking of transformation, tell us a bit more. You're leading this transformation at Brinks Home. You took over as CEO last March from your role as General Counsel. Since then, well, I'm led to believe the company's seen quite a lot of change. Can you tell us a little about that? What has, in fact, changed?
0: Mark, it's really, I would say, what hasn't changed? We have uh, literally transformed the entire company. Um, Kind of three pillars to the transformation. Uh, We start with people. Um, We've, I would say, uh, done a complete revamp of the C-suite. We um, really, over the past 12 months, focused on diversity um, and our hiring. We have a really terrific group of uh, senior execs that have joined us in the last 12 months. Starting there, we then move over to our our brand strategy. Um, The company really is focused at this point on smart home, an upscale uh, premium offering to to that market. Uh, That is a pretty big pivot for this company and the third is technology we're, we're providing the tools to our executives and employees to actually execute the transformation so kind of in a, a complete overhaul of the entire company over the past 12 months
1: and i have to ask you an overhaul really for for your um core role and responsibility as counsel and forgive me if i'm getting this wrong that's really very much focused around law legality ceo is a totally different skill set how, how easy was it for you to make that essential change personally so that's a great
0: question mark uh you know i've been in corporate america for 25 plus years um i was co-managing director of a actually an entertainment technology company back um earlier um about 10 years ago so the pivot wasn't that hard it it really is um, I have a strong belief in team building. And if you build the right team, the right culture, you can actually execute with a shared vision. So my, my primary pivot mark was building that team that has the shared vision and then providing them with the tools. It really was not difficult to do that. Um, that's just the way that uh, I think things work well and, and we've seen the, the results this year.
1: For sure. And in fact, looking at the list of changes that you've implemented, including your own, um, some would say it seems pretty aggressive. That's a lot to do in a short time. Um, do you feel that, that you bid off the right amount? Did you feel like it was something very urgent that needed to be done? And as a final part of the question, did the pandemic and everything we all went through as a society actually help you deliver some of those changes?
0: Wow, uh, there's a lot to chew on there. Um, I think if you ask my senior executive team, they, they would say that I'm asking them to do too much too fast. Um, right. That's just right. the nature of the game. Uh, we got we, we to gotta push, yeah. push, push, push. Um, that said, we have a very disciplined approach to a transformation. We have what's called a transformation office, um, which actually serves as an air traffic control for all of the key initiatives that take place in the company. Uh, We are literally changing our go-to-market, we're changing our customer service, we're changing our service delivery, all of which require massive changes in technology um, and people. And you have to sequence that correctly. So that has been a huge challenge. We literally meet daily to assess those projects, where they sit, and how to prioritize them. Um, In a transformation, you really need to toggle your resources, whether it's even HR, it's your data, it's your, your IT. All those resources are, are finite to some extent. And so we, we really right. focus on those those items that will give us the biggest return in the shortest period of time.
1: And that, that is a balancing act every day. Oh, I'm sure. But I, I, I do like this concept, this idea of the air traffic control. I mean, they're like, it's like spinning plates, isn't it? You have so much going on, literally flying, and you have to bring everyone in safely. How did you tool up or prepare the team that you now call your kind of air traffic control uh, to monitor the right things? How do we even know that they're focusing on the right priorities as you deliver change like this?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So we have a very disciplined approach to things. Um, there's business as usual. Um, however, we're in a transformation, which means by definition, it's not business as usual. So our right. respective business leaders have to come up with initiatives that drive the transformation. And you actually go to the transformation office. You present it as a business case. It's evaluated in terms of the resource draw. And we actually measure everything, marked by... Um, by MPV. We literally look at the net present value impact of the initiative, how it will impact our customer experience, how it will impact service delivery, and how it will impact attrition. Those are all drivers into the unit economics that we manage to. So super disciplined approach. Um, We then actually track the performance of those initiatives weekly. We have a weekly transformation meeting. Um, and you literally assess where you're at now, look, some of these things crash and burn it's like part of this is failing fast and recognizing when things yeah. don't work that's part of a transformation you can't you can't fall in love with something so much that you don't let it go so that's part of the process it's uh, it's does it work? Go forward if not, move to the next
1: It sounds in terms of monitoring. And I say this with nothing but respect, but it sounds very short term, right? Some changes that you're putting into the organization might take years to produce the result you want. It's like steering a ship, not referencing uh, the Suez Canal, but it's like steering a ship. Sometimes it takes a while for that thing to move around. Um, Do you feel that you uh, or does any of the organization feel that we're trying to look for results too quickly or... Have you been able to show that actually that pace is what gets it right?
0: Um, it's a little bit of both. This is, you know, we have approximately a million subscribers, so it is a, a fairly large uh, customer base, changing the customer experience, changing how you operate. Um, it does take time. However, um, I'm of the opinion that we don't have the luxury of time and we need to execute right. and push and, and innovate. And the way that you do that is through technology. So one of the first things that we did, Mark, was we began building an enterprise data hub where we could actually consolidate all of the information and data throughout the entire organization and then begin to leverage that to execute and go faster. Uh, speed of decision making, speed of um, execution are fundamental to our culture. So I, I, I can't emphasize that enough. It is, we go and, uh, It's go and fail and start again and and
1: go until you get it right. So, It sounds exciting. This data hub is fascinating. A lot of people watching and listening right now will love to know how you came by this great asset. Did you build it yourselves? Did you bring other organizations and partners in? Did you know what you needed in a hub like this before you actually started assembling it as an organization?
0: So we knew early on, I mean, this was no secret, that we had a massive amount of information related to our, our customers. Again, if you've got about a million customers, you probably have um, anywhere from four, six, seven, eight pieces of equipment in each customer's home, all of which is generating data and information. You also have all of the touch points in the customer journey from customer service, service delivery. So how do you take all of that information and put it into one consumable pool where you have one common language. Um, so we knew we needed to do that. We worked with uh, McKinsey and company at first and, and kind of the preliminary architecture. We then brought in some third party consultants. One of my key hires early on, Dinesh Kalwani from Omnitrax, he was tasked with actually launching and building the enterprise data hub. And Mark, it's, it, the thing that I would emphasize is it's not just building the platform for the consumption of the information. It's actually building the culture and people who use and learn to use the tool set. That is a, an actual bigger challenge. When you have an organization that wasn't doing that, how do you change the way that people think, encourage them to actually use that? So that's something we're very, very deliberate about. Um, another key hire I, I was telling you about our, our new exec team, uh, Kevin Lyons, he literally is charged with changing the culture, and that culture is you have to use data, you have to measure what you're doing, and then you drive that through the organization, I mean, all the way down to our service reps. We want them to understand the power of data, how to leverage it.
1: I've heard it said in the past that uh, part of the ongoing culture change is getting people inside the organisation to actually love data, to embrace it. Um, And that is a change. And, And let's be honest, you know, some people, especially if they've been with for a while, they might have done done it one way for many years and it was not broken. So why are we fixing it? It's hard, right? Because you're faced then with a the decision. Do we try and convert this person to understand the great value and to fall in love with data? Or is it time to perhaps say farewell? It is a tough change for a lot of people. Any top tips on, on how you created that desire for change in maybe some of the longer serving team members?
0: So a couple things, one, you have to assess your, your, your bench, your roster, your players, and you have to make sure that you have the right people in the right positions. Um, and so there's an initial assessment of, do you have people who are willing to embrace change and those that aren't? And clearly those that aren't, they are not here. Uh, there, there was a, I would say, <laughs> fairly significant um, change when I took over and then I was very deliberate in recruiting people who bought into that vision and part of that is for them to then proselytize to the rest of the organization. And it's something that I talk about as CEO in almost every conversation I have throughout the organization. It all comes down to unit economics, the data that supports that. How are you measuring what you're doing? That then begins to permeate your organization. And it's it's a day in and day out thing. You do it every day. It is not one and done. So it is, um, it's been, actually a very gratifying process because i've seen the results now of people adopting it using the tools uh we ran our first uh self-learning ai pilot just uh just a month ago produced tremendous results and all based on our edh the enterprise data hub and leveraging the data so it's just people are now seeing oh this actually works this will make us more efficient and it brings you closer to the customer. You can understand the customer on a one-to-one basis by understanding the data.
1: Just uh, be careful about letting that AI into the CEO's office, because they might look at that seat and go, "I'm going to have a little sit down there. I'm learning pretty. I'm pre- learning pretty quick on the job." Um, you mentioned the all-important customer, and you're right. You know why? Why do any of this change? Why alter the culture of the organization and the way you use data, unless it's what the customer? wants or needs are you guys ahead of the customer right now you're showing them what's possible or was the customer leading you by going brinks you guys need to to catch up and start to lead here
0: that is a great question because at the end of the day mark everything comes down to the customer everything that we do is about how do we get closer to the customer and provide them with value and just you know our business model we are not selling just a product and we're done we're actually selling a relationship when we go into a home and install a, a smart home security system our expectation is that we will partner with that customer for anywhere from eight to ten years we want to build a relationship so the data set helps us do that and that's where everything comes back to how do we support? and provide a premium experience to the customer that's what differentiates us from parts of the the competition in this space
1: and it's true isn't it when when something like a product in in your industry is delivered well the customer if they're using it properly and they're using all the tools that are available to them will get the feeling of absolute control control over their home control over their family security and that's something that's, that's really quite addictive you know once you get a taste for that there's no way you're going to an inferior service, even if you're saving a few dollars every month. So I guess an element of this is showing the customer, is educating the customer what's actually possible. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I, I, think, I think we're in a really interesting
0: time, Mark. I think what we're going to see is an acceleration of innovation in the home IoT smart home space. Um, if you look at the people that are playing in the space now, You've got the biggest players in the world. Google is here. Amazon is here. Um, there are a lot of new entrants. I'm really excited about that because I don't think there's going to be a you know one killer product set. It really will come down to how do you curate the innovation, put that in a consumable platform, make it easily accessible to the consumer, and provide them with the support and love that you have to give your customers. So in terms of products, I think, I think we'll just see a massive amount of innovation over the next 12, 36, 60 months. It's just the nature of this business and where we're headed with uh, with the home, home, home and tech. Um,
1: that's absolutely where we're headed. Now, let me challenge you, okay, because I, it would be a brave CEO in your position to promise that you can out-innovate Google. They're having a go, they're playing hard. Is there enough space in the market for the big, big players like that with all of the innovation they can bring to bear? And an organization such as yours with, with great loyal customers and a changing culture, is there enough space for both?
0: I think there's absolutely space for both. And in fact, I'm thrilled that Google has
1: actually entered
0: this space. Um, it is attracting other, other entrants. Um, it, it's actually allowing me to attract talent. One of, the, one of the selling points that I have is, you wanna play against the best? Come join us. We'll, we'll innovate. And we will provide that that premium customer experience and differentiated um, experience. Google is uh, you know Google is Google. They're going to be there. They're you know I think some people will be. I'm not sure how they'll feel about having Google in their home with video cameras and things like that. Um, but we'll we'll deal with that. That's um, yeah. That's part of the challenge, and we uh, we welcome that. We're actually uh, thrilled by it.
1: Excellent. Good to see that. All right. Time, as we come towards the end of our conversation, uh, time to put your futurist hat on. Uh, I've got a security system here at my home in Boston. It's got you know window sensors, door sensors. The alarm is connected. It's online. Uh, but I'm guessing that's not the end of the home security story. What's next? What can we look forward to? What should we be asking of our home security supplier? Well, uh, if if we're being
0: a futurist and we're just having fun, Mark, looking ahead to the future, you know, sure. several years out, I think, I think really what you'll be looking at is digital centuries. You'll have AI-enabled smart video cameras who really, really understand facial recognition. There'll be a whole different level of, I would call, um, video centri- uh, centuries around the home. That will be, I think, um, a, a major change. And I think also the way that people in, interface with their systems, it's going to be far more mobile enabled, probably less panels. You probably have a panel right now that probably goes away at some point, um, but I would say video, uh, the visual experience is probably going to be the biggest driver of change over the next three to five years. And we'll pr- we'll, we will see some fairly significant advancements in that space.
1: Nice. I would like to suggest um, armed drones. Make them trustworthy. I, I don't want them shooting me by mistake, but I think an armed drone would be would be a great addition uh, for the home. I'm, I'm totally into it. I love tech and I love the idea of knowing what's going on. If I get an alert on my system that there's some movement or something's happening, I do feel like I have a, a sense of control and it makes me feel a bit safer. And in the end, that's, I guess, what it's all about. So then, um, now the serious futurist bit. This is my final question to you. What is next for Brinks Home? You've created incredible change. It's happened very quickly. You've ad- adapted the culture within the organization. You're playing uh, with the biggest in, in, the, uh, in the world, quite frankly. So what's next for Brinks Home?
0: What's next, Mark, is to compete and win. It's building that, that esprit de corps in this company, all 1,600 employees. I call it the pirate ship that we're going to uh, sail into this brave new world and, and win. It's, I mean, candidly, I couldn't be uh, more excited about what the future holds, not only for this company and its employees, but most importantly for our, our customers. That, that's the future for us, which is again, getting close to the customer, using data and information to provide them with a better experience, making them feel safe, and really providing them with peace of mind, which at the end of the day is, uh, is something that it is hard to put a price upon.
1: Well, I have to say it is a very impressive sounding pirate ship. And I suspect you're a whole lot more capable than Captain Jack Sparrow. Niles, thank you so much for spending time with us uh, today, for sharing your stories, your insight and your predictions for the future of home security uh, from Brinks Home. Niles, thank you very much. Mark, it's a pleasure. Thank you. The
0: Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.